0: Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. It
1: just, it feels super futuristic, which I think is part of what I like about it. You talk about Apple design and you sound like the most ridiculous fanboy ever, but like this is really good. Like it's it's the precise number of magnets and when you see those like little magnet papers on it and it's like, oh, there's like two tiny little magnets right here it's like, somebody had to go in and go, we need this much more magnetic force. We need, like, just one more little magnet right there and one more little magnet right there, and now it's perfect. And somebody spent the time to figure out, like, if you flip it and shake it and do whatever with it, it's not going anywhere. But when you
0: want it to come off, pop, it's right off. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. I'm excited to bring you the first of two episodes covering the Magic Keyboard. This week, we are joined by Ian Fuchs of the Cult of Mac. And next week is an episode I recorded with Chris Lawley of the Entitled site. The Magic Keyboard is the reason I ultimately upgraded from my 2nd generation iPad Pro to the 4th generation. It is an accessory that truly does change the form factor of the iPad, and is the kind of change we got back with the introduction of the Apple Pencil and the original Smart Keyboard. The inclusion of the trackpad and the ease of taking the iPad on and off the keyboard is remarkable. The iPad is even more so a modular computer now than ever before, thanks to the Magic Keyboard. And I'll have some more thoughts in future episodes about Face ID iPads, which has also been a remarkable change. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash iPad Pros. Every dollar is of huge help and is greatly appreciated. Thank you if you currently or have in the past supported me on patreon.com slash iPad Pros. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review is very helpful and really helps the podcast reach a wider audience as every review helps promote the show more and more in search. So, thank you if you've left a review. And if you haven't, head over to Apple Podcast to leave one right now. With that, here's my interview with Ian. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Ian.
1: Uh, thank you. It's, uh, it's nice to be here.
0: Can you first introduce yourself and just generally how you use the iPad?
1: Uh, I'm Ian Fuchs. I do video for Cult of Mac. I also started at Cult of Mac as a kind of apps guy. So that was my original racket was doing like app reviews and stuff like that. And it slowly shifted into doing video stuff. A lot of the stuff that I've talked about, written about, discussed on Cult of Mac are iPad related things, whether it's apps or features of iOS or iPad OS, just general like changes to iPad OS in Functionality, things like the addition of the trackpad, things like or trackpad support, things like the new uh, multitasking gestures and stuff like that in in the system. So it's just one of those. Like I got into the iPad with the first generation, and I've kind of just followed along. And so when I've had the opportunity to do tech journalism type stuff or video stuff, it's one of those products that's always you know in the arsenal to to look at talk about think about
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember when the original iPad came out, I was always wanted to do an Apple podcast, but it felt like the space was just so busy already. So yeah. when 2010 came around, I launched iPad Possibilities and it was a brand new kind of place to, you know, talk about Apple stuff and the iPad's always been an interest of mine as well. Sure. So you start with iPad 1 and you've kind of upgraded every couple of years or did it drift off and then it came back with the iPad Pro being a more serious product you could actually get work done with? See, the, the original iPad, when I will say that
1: I got that, I was actually... The job I had at the time was at, at my alma mater and I was working in the like media department, video department, radio department, whatever. So as a joke to my boss, I was like, we should get iPads. And it was like right after the day they were announced. And he was kind of a a techie nerd like I I am. And he was like, actually, that's a really good idea. Let's let's make a case for it. What can we do with the iPad? I said, well, you know, we, we run all of the radio station on Macs. I think there's probably a way to do like remote desktop from the iPad to the Mac that's down on the radio station. So when we do live events, we could actually trigger like sound effects and stuff like that from the ipad you know remotely and he was like perfect that's the case we needed ordered two of them for the department and that that kind of started the whole thing so it was for me it was always this like what kind of weird thing can i do a couple of years later i got the i guess it would be the third generation the the new ipad when that was the new yeah. ipad the one that was what retina but still 30 pin and overheated like crazy and
0: had terrible battery life yeah i remember playing around with that one some friends yeah. had it and yeah that one was a hot mess
1: I got that, and I remember feeling super burned six months later when the lightning version of it came out. And then somewhere in that time, my wife got the same one and then returned it, and then ended up getting an iPad Mini first gen sometime after that. So it was like kind of this. Even at that point, it was like starting to experiment with different sizes of iPads for different things. Yeah. And so like I used the bigger iPad, you know, doing all kinds of stuff, whether it was watching videos, taking notes in meetings. Tried a plethora of. Cases and docks and keyboards and stuff for that. And then I would use hers just for like reading email or reading books. It was a big thing was like reading books on it or reading magazines and stuff like that. Back in the days, a newsstand. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I got an iPad Air 2. Fast forward a couple more years, a uh, different job. I got the 9.7 inch iPad Pro, which started to open the door to like more power. On stuff then i got and tested or i i bought the 10.5 inch ipad pro in september after the apple event thinking okay there's no new ipads this year in 2018 sure and and if you know what happens in 2018 we do you know yeah a few a few more than 14 days later you know outside of my return window <laughs> apple introduces these two kick-ass ipads the 11 and 12.9 and i just I was so furious because I was certain this 10.5 was going to get me through for another year or two. So I was like, all right, great. I bought it, you know, on a two-year payment plan through Verizon and these new ones come out and I was like, oh, Oh. crap. I jumped the gun thinking I had waited long enough and I just had to wait a little longer. Yeah. Um, So I was, I was fortunate enough that through doing video at Cult of Mac, I was able to get a 12.9 to review and that was like, okay, this really changes things for me. So I ended up getting one for myself of the 2018 with cellular with the keyboard K key, or the keyboard folio with the Apple pencil. And you know, now the magic keyboard.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I still have my 10.5. I really do like that's like my favorite as far as home iPads go. That was like the pinnacle of design the really thin bezels on the side. It just was a great device. Yeah. But yeah, 14 days before the 11 inch. Not as great. <laughs> Had I known that was coming around the corner like
1: legit coming in 2018 i wouldn't have done it. And, and part of it too was we, we had a family trip and i was like i need a new ipad for this family trip because we're gonna drive we we're driving to florida and so i wanted something that i could let my daughter watch you know like movies or whatever i gave her the 10.5 so that she could watch but having the 11 would have been so much cooler because ultimately yeah. they're like basically the same footprint just a little more screen and way cooler design.
0: So as far as keyboards go, did you ever get that keyboard docket back in 2010 or what was your, you had some cases back with the third gen or when did you start using keyboards with your iPad? I don't think I
1: ever paired a keyboard with that original iPad, which I, I do still have an original iPad. It's not the original iPad that I had. I was in line at an Apple store and a guy was going to recycle one. And I was like, are you literally just going to give that away? And he's like, yeah, you want it? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so he like literally just handed it to me in line, waiting to pick up a phone at the Apple store, you know, back when you could go to the Apple store. Sure. So yeah, I don't think the first one I ever used a keyboard with. I did have some different keyboards for the new iPad. I, I did a, a combination of keyboard cases. Uh, Logitech made one that was like a fabric-y covered. Like it actually really reminds me, like looking back on it, it reminds me a lot of the Smart Keyboard Folio and how it was designed, where it was like a little magnet thing that flipped down, but it was this big, hefty case, and then kind of a, a rubbery coated keys on the actual keyboard, which it worked fine. I used it some, but there wasn't a lot of options, you know, back in the early days. So most of the keyboards that I would use were just Bluetooth keyboards, you know, whatever I had lying yeah. around for different Bluetooth keyboards. They never felt practical to me, right? Like it wasn't until Apple started making, well, I guess you know, Zag started making before Apple started making like the keyboard cases where it was like the whole thing folded in on itself and there were decent keyboards. Like that was when it started to kind of shift for me a little bit. where it's like, okay, having a keyboard isn't so bad. It's kind of a good experience. You know, it's comfortable to type on hindsight is 2020. Like now I look back and I'm like, man, I could have used for more screen space. But at the time (laughs) I was like, no, 9.7 is all I need. Like I don't need a bigger screen than that. Like I dabbled in the 11 inch air forever ago. So like, the small screen thing, I kept going smaller and smaller, and I was like, "This is perfect." All I need to do is be able to type. So like I said, I tried those. Uh, like I said, a multitude of different uh, Bluetooth keyboards from just about every brand. Um, I've tried Bridge, I've tried Logitech, I've tried Kanex or Canix, Obviously, Apple's different ones. Uh, my my personal favorite Bluetooth keyboard is actually a. Uh, I think it's Anchor makes it, and it's like a travel. Like it's designed to be like a little travel keyboard that you would use. I guess with the tablet or maybe as yeah. an external keyboard for your your MacBook, and I probably have you know half a million words written on that and different reviews and stuff that it was just always my go to and I would use the like floppy cover of my iPad three and you know pop prop it up in stand mode and just have my little Bluetooth keyboard, but for me, like after I tried the smart keyboard on the ten five number one rule is it all has to be self-contained I can't have separate pieces because I don't want to like assemble a desk when I take my iPad somewhere to do work right yeah you
0: don't want a portable desktop computer you want to basically a laptop right
1: exactly like if I'm if I'm going to be using it in that kind of context like with the exception of like maybe the Apple Pencil which we can get to later yeah um, like that's the only accessory that I'm okay, like not having attached to the iPad.
0: Right. So for the work you do at Mac, how much of it are you able to do on the iPad?
1: Theoretically, I could do 100% of it on the iPad. Some, some of it's <laughs> a
0: pain. Some of it's a pain. Yeah. What, how do you determine what the right tool for the job is with what you're doing there? Uh, th-
1: the big thing for me is if I'm going to spend more than, you know, 10 or 15 minutes typing something, I almost always will grab the iPad. Uh, the only exception to that has been in the past, I guess, if I'm doing any kind of like code type stuff. Uh, so my, my regular day job is I'm a, a systems admin at a college. So a lot of that involves, you know, dealing with like command line stuff, occasionally some web programming stuff. And so a lot of that stuff. I'll still go back to my Mac for. Uh, and right now I'm going to my Mac for video editing stuff. But a lot of that is because I haven't had what I feel like is the right combination of tools and convenience and speed to do it on iOS. I have not had a chance to try using like LumaFusion now with the Magic Keyboard to see how that feels. Yeah. But I am definitely curious to see what that's like on the iPad because I think if that happens, it might be enough to push me to retire or reduce the amount of use that I'm using one of my Macs for. And I have a couple.
0: Right. (laughs) And have you tried using screens with the iPad to see if that is a good, like, Mac as an application approach for some of the things you do? I
1: haven't. uh, And the big reason for me... So maybe no understanding my my mac life is <laughs> is part of the context so my my personal laptop that i use for like all my Cultimac stuff all of like my writing photo editing anything like that is the 2015 12-inch macbook 1 okay yeah
0: i admired that one from afar that
1: that no one should have bought and i should not have bought but i bought because i don't know it was gold and it was a good deal on ebay when i bought it used and i was coming from a 2008 2009 macbook pro 13 inch with a cracked screen okay so i was like i need something i don't want to spend a lot of money i didn't know what else to get and i thought like this is going to be the future right i was like apple's going to make some changes you know USB-C is going to be so universal and so ubiquitous in a couple of years it's gonna be the perfect choice and you know it's you know five years later five and a half years later and we're all still like mm, is USB-C the future i, sh- I sure hope <laughs> okay. so <laughs> Me too. And then my, outside of that, I have an old iMac that sits on a desk in our basement, but trying to do anything through screens to that computer would be so slow and so sad feeling yeah. that like it, it feels like I'm uh, wasting this, the speed and power of the iPad on a slow Mac. Cause even using the Mac just directly would be kind of inconvenient. Cause it's got a spinning hard um, drive and it's spinning, spinning hard drive, non-retina screen.
0: Yeah, I don't think beach balls get portrayed in screens. Um, I mean, I think when I've used VNC apps and there's beach balling happening, you just don't know what's happening. <laughs> right.
1: See, I don't know. It's it's one of those like I'm I'm kind of stuck bouncing back and forth between devices, which for the most part isn't a big deal. I have the devices. The devices all kind of have a purpose or can have a purpose. They have a place in my life and I have space for them for now. So it's not a big deal for me to kind of bounce around devices but but you know to your i guess original question you know backing up a little bit like when do i grab the ipad i grab the ipad whenever i can like if whatever the task i'm about to do is something i can do on the ipad i'll grab it and do it on there so if i'm like just checking emails or responding to emails i'll grab an ipad if i'm writing scripts for videos or a post for cult mac i'll grab the ipad if i'm just browsing the web i'll grab the ipad a lot i've actually shifted most of my photo editing to the ipad either in lightroom or a pixel meter. Yeah. So I've I've shifted a lot of that stuff there. Oh, the other big thing I always grab an iPad for that I think that everybody should grab an iPad for is for using in the kitchen for cooking. Oh yeah. Like if, if you cook at all, like the iPad is the device to use to like pull up recipes. And like I use paprika as like a recipe manager, which then strips out all like the backstory on recipes, which I love. And it makes it really easy. Like on the iPad, you pull up any recipe, and you get like a two-column view, Well, technically a three-column view, uh, but a column for ingredients and a column for the actual directions. So you just—I just take that, and either I'll put the iPad just sitting, you know, on the the counter, or I have a little stand in the kitchen that I can set it off to the side.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask: Are you going to put it in the? Uh the smart keyboard folio with the fabric or a stand or
1: so th- with the ten five, i would always just flip the keyboard around the back and i would prop it up on a stand yeah because it was out of the way and the stand was secure enough that it wouldn't topple over now with the magic keyboard uh, i'm actually pulling it out of the stand and i'll set it or out of the keyboard case and i'll set it in the stand and then like the keyboard case stays out of the kitchen
0: yeah because we'll talk about it a little bit magic keyboard no fabric cover and i would not trust that <laughs> in a cooking environment yeah um but yeah we'll Dive into magic keyboard. that's gonna be kind of the main focus of this episode. But before we get to that, anything else regarding the iPad that you want to mention or are we able to move on?
1: The, the, the big thing for me that I'll say just in general, very little of what I use the iPad for requires the iPad that I'm using. Like most of what I'm doing I could do on that first gen iPad mini. So <laughs> like, like I, I think that that becomes like one of the, like the really cool things about the iPad, but also kind of one of the sad things about the iPad. It's like really cool because you can get an iPad and use it for like five years. Oh, totally. As long as your use cases fit within like kind of that entry level iPad stuff.
0: And you can, you wouldn't have the nice magic keyboard set up with trackpad, but if you're okay sure. doing right. the instruction like, kit, you can get a magic trackpad too. And yeah, exactly. Get a magic trackpad 2 and a
1: Bluetooth keyboard or just a Bluetooth keyboard and your finger. Like, sure. You don't have to have all these different things. But like for writing and emails and browsing the web, like you don't need a, f- a fancy iPad to do it. But at the same time, like that's kind of the sad part about the iPad is that like, I feel like those really like push the limits edge cases. You know, whether it's programming, video editing, photo editing, uh, making apps for people who are doing Xcode stuff, like the iPad is like powerful enough, but the software is just not quite there, or the learning curve is just really steep. Like I've tr- I've done video editing on the iPad and like I can do it, but it takes twice as long, and so I just go to my Mac because I am faster on the Mac, and like ultimately. For me, I go to whatever tool is most efficient. Yeah. So it's like one of those, if there was Final Cut and it worked exactly the same on iPad as it does on Mac, I'd be on iPad 100%. Yeah.
0: And for me, my biggest thing I do is podcasting, and Ferrite feels like the best application ever written for audio editing and uh, in, in regards to podcast editing. Uh, and Logic would just be confusing and way too much for sure. what I need but at the same time you're also
1: not recording into the iPad, right?
0: No, I'm using a Zoom H4 external recorder. I am in for exactly. my iPad, but yeah, I am using the Zoom to
1: Exactly. And like and that's one of those weird things. It's like okay, it's so close. Like I know I know that it's there. The power's
0: inside of this thing.
1: Like just make it so the audio can go different places at the same time or you can like
0: map stuff. Totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, every year it gets better and better. So uh, more and more yeah. of these external hardware things, we won't need as much. So with cursor support, this was kind of, it felt like a, it was a big thing to be added just like as a point update for full out cursor support where the developers can customize how they treat it in different ways. Has this changed the way you use the iPad anyway? any way? So I guess we'll
1: go to like what iOS iPad OS 13 was when they initially had it as the accessibility feature, right?
0: Right, and that felt more mouse driven, and trackpads didn't even work for it. Yeah, like,
1: and I remember trying that. I remember being in in Slack with the other Cult of Mac writers, and we were all going back and forth. And I was like, okay, this is the mouse I have. Like, it has these buttons. What can I do? What can't I do? And trying to figure out like how to make it work, and it it just felt so fiddly, right? It was like got to go in and pair my mouse and program my buttons. And then like that mouse just has to become my iPad mouse. Because if I want to use it also on my Mac, like I gotta like unpair it and repair it somewhere else and it, it just was it was very frustrating. Yeah. So I ended up just I, I basically said, you know what? Never mind. I don't need this. Put the mouse away. And I actually at that point got the Apple pencil too. Okay. Because my thinking was, well, if the mouse wasn't the right device for me to do, you know, this kind of navigate the UI, but I want something other than poking at the screen with my finger, maybe I'll try the pencil. And now I, that didn't catch either. <laughs> so I just <laughs> went back to, went back to smart keyboard or smart keyboard folio and, you know, jamming my finger into the screen whenever I could. Then they introduced trackpad support. I tried it right away with the Magic Trackpad 2. I remember being absolutely blown away that it existed that feature worked. And I was like, I cannot wait for this to be built into a case. Right. Like yeah. Cause you don't want to do the construction kit every day. Exactly. I, I don't want to carry multiple things because, I, I, granted, yeah, right now I'm not going anywhere. Right. It's just like, whether I'm working at the kitchen table or the desk in the basement or the desk in the office or outside on the deck, like, but I don't want to have to carry multiple things. Like I'm already carrying like a coffee or a water and my iPad and probably my phone and my AirPods and you know, whatever handful of stuff that I have, I don't need to be carrying also a giant slab of glass with me that like just asking to be broken that I also use with my Mac in the basement. Right. And so I was like, this is awesome. When this comes into a case, this will be a game changer. And so as soon as I got the the Magic Keyboard, I was like, "Yep, called it."
0: Yeah, and uh, thankfully they did announce both the trackpad support and the Magic Keyboard. I think on the same day, right?
1: I think it was the same day or within a day. I, you know, time is a time is a, time is a blur right now. Yeah, it was like <laughs> uh,
0: here's this trackpad support and the Magic Keyboard's coming, and trackpad support's coming out earlier so you can play with it. Right, at
1: least. trackpad support's out today in a beta, and also this product is coming in may right yes so what they originally said was the magic keyboard wouldn't be out till yeah till sometime in may
0: and we got it uh, late april instead
1: exactly so yeah I, I remember thinking like this is awesome like i just can't wait for this to, to be here and then like seeing the mocks of the magic keyboard i was like this is super interesting Like, i can't wait to try it and and for the most part like has it dramatically changed my ability to do things on the ipad not really but the fluidity that i can move from keyboard to trackpad is you know you, you can't beat that going keyboard to screen or all screen because on the screen you're just generally typing slower so just everything is a little bit slower and bouncing between keyboard and screen always felt a little weird now i do still find myself doing that especially for things that are in the dock like if i'm typing something i'm like oh quick i need to switch over to notes from mail or whatever i'll just reach up and and poke the notes icon and open notes yeah but having the option is is amazing and i've it's actually further pushed me to poking the screen of my mac (laughs) <laughs>
0: my fingers, yeah, cause, because oh, I got a trackpad on both places, so obviously to work there too.
1: It's just this this instant mode shift where I can bounce from like like I have my iPad Pro here in front of me, I have my Mac here in front of me, and like looking at the two of them, they look super similar. Like I could totally see like typing something and going, oh yeah, I just need to pause that. Reach up, jab the screen on my Mac, and realize, oh yeah, this is the wrong piece of glass.
0: Yeah. So with Kult and Mac, I'd imagine. CMSs are something you have to interface with. And does having a trackpad with hover states help in any way there? We use WordPress for
1: ours. And I actually, some of my freelance work that I do is also on WordPress. So I've gotten used to the nuance of using a CMS on an iPad as it is. I don't know that it's, again, I don't know it's made a huge difference, but some of that could just be the fact that, you know, mentally I've already adapted to it. So, I'm not really like I guess I don't notice, yeah, which I, I in itself is probably a good thing. Like I don't feel like anything got worse, that's for sure, right. So if things got better, they got better in ways that felt natural and felt right. Uh, and again, bouncing between laptop and iPad. Like, if on the iPad they feel more like the laptop, I'm not going to notice because in that context, I'm using the iPad like a laptop.
0: Gotcha. Now, did you customize any of the settings to make the trackpad feel better for how you like to work?
1: Okay. So, I've, I've definitely increased tracking speed, uh, which that sounds about right because I do that on my Macs as well. Uh, and then I've also turned on the tap-to-click because apparently I'm a tap-to-click wizard. I don't...
0: Yeah, it's weird. On, iPad, on the Mac, I don't like it as much when I at, le- at least did use a Mac back in the day with the older ones but um on ipad it does feel nice to tap to click for some things like some things i will physically click then others are like oh that's a tap to click it's, it's it's like i don't know what goes in my head but some things are like oh let me just tap here i think it's i think it's one of those like especially if i'm
1: doing something where i'm already clicking and then you want like a second click you got to kind of just tap i don't know i don't know if yeah. that works on i don't know if that works on the ipad i know on the mac you can do that where like you're selecting something and then you tap again and just like the tap registers as the click um i i I turned it on, I think probably because it was on on my Mac and I went to do it once on the iPad and it didn't work and I got mad. I was yeah. like, you're on now. And then I moved on.
0: With tracking speed, I feel increasing that really helps the side screen gestures work better. Yes,
1: yes, for sure. Like Pulling out uh, the slide over.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then the dock. and uh, I don't use the uh, top one as much to get to my notification center. I think I
1: use that in my initial trackpad support video, and then I haven't used it again since.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, it just... I mean, you can pull up the lock screen, look at notifications. I don't know. It's just, it just seems an odd one. I don't know. It's great that you can get to it, but... I think that, that is another thing, you know, even though I
1: have the trackpad support, like, if I'm going to pull down notification center, I'm always, almost always going to pick my hand up and swipe down from the top. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll more often than pull the whole thing down, is I'll look... I'll just pull it, like, three like a quarter way down, just look at the most recent one and pull it back up.
1: Yeah. See, I don't know. I, and maybe that's part of it is I'm just like, okay, what was that last thing? that I missed something? Yeah. So I definitely, notification center, I definitely said that with my hand.
0: Yeah. And I'm finding slide over works better with trackpad than trying to do with my finger. I do more accidental stuff with my finger trying to get slide over to work than with just the trackpad. Yeah. The, the only issue with slide over that I have is I don't, I don't love the dismiss it by going across the app. Something about that
1: feels weird. I don't
0: know. Okay yeah i do like that you can dismiss slide over apps that are on the left side of your screen just by going over to the right and just like boom it's gone yeah i don't
1: know i know the first time i tried it with the trackpad i kept trying to like flick it up like um i mean like like when you swipe up on the home indicator you know on any other app or swipe up from the bottom on any other app like on an iphone I'm like i right, just flick it up off the screen and then i go back to my home screen and i kept trying to do that and it kept fanning uh, out into the multitask yep and i was like what is going on? And I'm like, do I click and drag it off the edge of the screen? No, I don't do that.
0: Like, because the old behavior with accessibility was you would click and drag it off the screen. And it was the most hard thing to get. It was right. It was impossible. Yeah, yes, it was, it was impossible. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I don't know. It was one of those like something about
1: like pushing to the right of the screen and having the thing left of me go past me it just doesn't feel quite right. So I I don't know. I I think you know. And I I even said this in my my review with the Magic Keyboard. You can definitely tell all of this was. Built on top of a system that was already very established, and they tried to take the things that already existed and replicate them in a trackpad manner. So it's kind of a bolt-on thing. All right, it's like we've attached a sidecar to. Oh, can't use sidecar because that's something else. We 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 put a backpack on an iPad, and now the backpack does like some other cool stuff. I'm like, all right, that's that's great, but like, you could have just you could just change multitasking. <laughs> I know everybody keeps asking for it, so right. I might as well too. Right?
0: Yeah. So, uh, trackpad support in applications have any of the apps that you use on a regular basis added kind of custom support? And what have what's impressed you the most so far? Obviously, all of Apple's apps now have it, which like I obviously you
1: expect that you expect Apple to have it built into theirs. And it, I I like how fluid it feels. I like how easy it is to just like mail, for example, to just swipe stuff off this, you know, archive stuff, just boom, boom, boom down through a list.
0: Yeah. It's funny with the mail. My first time trying to delete something was clicking and dragging. Cause that's how it used to be with the sister touch. It's like, Oh, you mm-hmm. just swipe. That's great. Right. And, and I think,
1: I think the fact that Apple put all of the trackpad stuff into their own apps, they did a really good job of putting the trackpads up into their own apps and making it feel like really fluid and really, you know, kind of coherent uh, and, and logical, right? Like whatever yeah. feels like what you would do here is what you do there. I think that makes apps that don't have those features feel super broken.
0: Oh, totally. And it shows.
1: You know, TweetBot was was one that, that comes to mind. Like I always do the, uh, was it swipe left, swipe from right to left?
0: Yeah, to show the thread. To,
1: to show the thread, exactly. And like, I don't know how to do that. With the
0: trackpad i don't think you can get into a thread with the trackpad you have to touch the screen it's very infuriating that that's there
1: then i'm not insane so yeah i literally have to reach up yeah or again also a a tweet bot thing like when you open up a image or an attachment or whatever that's in a tweet and it loads you can't dismiss
0: it with the trackpad like you can't just like flick it away no you have to hit like command period to C- command like, period or spam. reach up and touch it exactly yeah. yep and and
1: actually i just learned the command period thing like a week ago yeah i was like oh cool that that's a feature that i didn't know that i needed to know and um,
0: spark is another one that oh they're not doing anything yet and it's just very obvious especially with like text it doesn't change into the proper text um little line thing to work with text as easily sure
1: like i, I guess i don't I don't use Sparkle. like my alternate mail app is Outlook because it's what I use for work. Yeah. Um, and I just, I noticed yesterday, I think, that it's actually updated now to support trackpad stuff and like the whatever blob mode where the cursor becomes a blob around yeah. buttons. I, nice. don't, I don't know what else to call it right now. Right. So <laughs> the magnetic code, <laughs> I think, is yeah. what Apple likes to call or something. <laughs> like that works. But then like I can't two fingers swipe to dismiss or to archive an email so I still stuff to like click
0: and drag so like it's like halfway there i don't know yeah yeah it'll be interesting as apps update to support this cuz they can do a lot with it yeah and and from from my understanding
1: a lot of it is is pretty intuitive pretty natural for a developer to add and it's not terribly terribly hard Again, this is just like what I'm seeing on Twitter from other people. But I am surprised I'm not seeing more apps call it
0: out in their update notes either. Right. Like Outlook probably didn't even have update notes on it. They probably just added it. Right.
1: It was like, oh, bug fixes and improvements. And then like one day some of that stuff worked. And I was like, okay, great. It's like I want to know like when Lightroom gets updated. I want to know when LumaFusion gets updated so that I know that these apps are now updated to support these new features. Because at that point, I'll start playing more seriously with going... More heavy on iPad.
0: Yeah, I really hope Lumifusion does the kind of work to make it impressive support because Sophera added support and you can hold down the option key and it turns your little tiny cursor into a huge selection cursor instead. And I think LumaFusion could do similar things where they have modifier keys to turn that trackpad into really powerful editing tools. Yeah.
1: I also, you know at the same time i think apple could release you know final cut for an ipad it might be <laughs> it might be just as well
0: that would be nice um,
1: but yeah that was you know that was something that i was begging for the other day on twitter is like my workflow is final cut when it comes to video editing and i know how to edit quickly in final cut i know how to manage my media in final cut just give it to me on the ipad now you like you've literally got a ipad os running laptop right just like a macbook but ipad os like now make the ipad os version of final cut and we can rock and roll
0: right yeah, the one thing I miss from Lum Fusion that Final Cut Pro 10 did is their multi cam editing interface. Like nothing beats that. It's just yep. so great. Yep. So do you still use your old smart keyboard folio ever? Like does that fabric cover other certain situations where you swap that on?
1: Um I haven't since getting this. A big part of that is because the ten point five still exists in my house. So when I really want like a, like carry it around iPad and I, I'm too afraid to walk around with this giant pane of glass, (laughs) I'll just grab that one out and use that. Truthfully, like I never loved the smart keyboard or smart keyboard folio keys. Okay. Yeah. Like, like they were, they were fine. Right. Like it wasn't like it was a a keyboard I couldn't type on. I've, I actually reviewed for another thing. I've reviewed a keyboard that like I physically couldn't use.
0: Yeah. Whenever I tried the modern apple laptops the butterfly ones at least i felt like it, i i just couldn't type on those things because they the keys were so close together and mushy and at least the like the smart keyboards those actually felt really good for dramatically different from the max and right like they,
1: they had decent spacing between the keys they had what felt like decent travel they weren't even uncomfortable to type on it was just one of those like and like, I've said this more than once across, you know, different videos and stuff. Like it always reminded me of bubble wrap a little bit. Yeah. Right. Like kind of like typing on a sheet of bubble wrap, which again, like not bad, but not great. Right. Whereas like with, with the new magic keyboard, I, I legitimately love this keyboard. Yeah. It feels so great. My work computer is a 13 inch MacBook pro 20, I don't know, 2014 or something, 2013, 2014 pre butterfly keyboard. And this reminds me a lot of typing on that, right? It's, like, super comfortable. Like, the keys have good response. They have a nice, like, clickety-click sound. Uh, but it's also not obnoxious like a mechanical keyboard. Yeah. Whereas, like, my my 12-inch MacBook, like, I love, hate the keyboard, I guess. <laughs> like, I like, I liked it super thin, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was, like, the whole incentive behind that computer. Right. I cannot type, like, a full article or a full script or, like, spend all day coding on that
0: because it's just doesn't feel good yeah yeah i compared i have an 11 inch from 2011 uh macbook air and i was surprised just after getting the magic keyboard how mushy that old laptop felt because that was the keyboard that i've always loved and now right. it, it is more mushy than than that one is I,
1: I would be curious if a brand new one out of the box felt as mushy as one that's got
0: nine years of <laughs> use right. and abuse possibly like it, is it yeah, is know. it legitimately the same yeah i don't know that that's kind of curious to i'd be interested that the try brand new 2011 macbook air <laughs> 2020 uh, yeah because you, your macbook is probably similar keyboard design right i forget if the airs were much different from the pros back then
1: my 13 and the 11 inch air i believe were basically the same keyboard or mm. a very similar keyboard um, they were the the old style pre butterfly post silver cap keys.
0: Yeah, and the trackpad you couldn't click at the top either. I I noticed that right away. It's like oh I I can actually click anywhere on this trackpad. So the trackpad is actually feels better. It's a little smaller, but it feels better. I hear that. I keep hearing people talk about like you can't click at the top, and I don't remember ever running into that with
1: my MacBook. With any of my MacBooks actually, where you would tap to clicker though. But right, but I have tapped to click.
0: So maybe that was why I never noticed, and I just yeah. I'm remembering back to my first apple laptop the 17 inch macbook pro uh, from 2007 and those had a uh, physical button on the very bottom i'm remembering now
1: yep i had one of those in college
0: yeah but um yeah so one of the things that struck everyone about this reveal was the floating design that's one of the things that i first saw it's like ipads aren't especially light i mean they're like a pound and a half or whatever it is and it's floating this is wild and amazing yes so after, after living with this design for a couple of weeks now any s- thoughts on this on the floating design and if it's still as impressive as it was back then
1: it's definitely still as impressive i still think that for what it is i would love to see apple make a legitimate ipad os laptop like
0: an ibook but right, like, like
1: an iBook, exactly. They've used that name <laughs> before be and it name, could yeah. come back. It's a perfect name for it. Because I, I do still like, and I, I talked about this in my Magic Keyboard review, like I work on my whatever device in my lap a lot, like sitting on the couch or sitting in, in a chair or whatever, like we watching TV and also working. And that because of the weight of the iPad itself, it does have a tendency to still want to tip back. And I don't remember having that issue with the smart keyboard folio. Okay. I could be wrong. Maybe I did and I just got used to it and maybe just like the way i'm using this one is a little different or it could just be the physical size and space of so I'm just kind of like looking at this from the side like trying to figure out like does it sit forward more or back more but th- that's that's been my biggest thing it's like the floating design is super cool but i feel like it just back weights it a little bit more which makes it a little more tippy
0: it also lets you take it off easy yes for sure because if you didn't have the floating design it'd be flush with the back right yeah exactly but again if it was
1: literally just an ipad os laptop i wouldn't necessarily need to take it apart uh, and then the bait the base could be heavy because that would be there with the battery and all the brains are yeah uh, i still think it looks amazing and like it's at, at some point in time in the future hopefully maybe i'll get to go out in public again and at that point like being able to use the ipad like at a coffee shop or at work in a meeting like you know that people are going to look at it and go that floating (laughs) and like, like something about like it just it feels super futuristic which i think is part of what i like about it because of it it actually puts the icons in your dock like when you're just on your home screen it puts them kind of at the perfect spot because you're not going to accidentally bump them as you're typing or, you know, if you're punching right. through the number number row or whatever, but they're also not so far away that you can't get to them, right? So it's kind of like the perfect blend between being able to access them without being in the way. So I, I definitely like it. And and I also think, you know, I saw a lot of griping online about the viewing angles. I don't have an issue. Like maybe the 11 inches is, is not as good just because size and physics. But with the 12.9, like I can tip the sucker way back.
0: Yeah. And um, the negative angles impress me the most. The ones where it's like on its way. To, forward a little bit. forward when you're in bed and watching a video and you can just tip it forward. And it doesn't fall on your face.
1: But I will say that's that is one place that everybody talks about using their iPad that I just don't. Okay. Yeah. i use the mini if i'm in bed like that first generation mini still sits in my bedside table like i just use it for ibooks and like if i'm gonna look at twitter or anything like that i'm gonna do it on my phone but like i don't i don't watch netflix or youtube in bed yeah i try not to right like not that i'm morally opposed to it or anything i just don't (laughs) just not not where i watch tv usually i usually watch tv on like a big tv and then like go to bed when i'm falling asleep on the couch
0: right yeah (laughs) do you find yourself yanking it off the magic keyboard to switch modes of I'm going to be in tablet mode. Now I need to type something and kind of go back and forth
1: again. It's, it's so hard to say like, because the circumstances right now, like most of what I'm doing is just sitting at a desk. And again, I have TVs available all the time. Yeah. But like the ti- like kitchen, you know, I talked about using it for the recipe manager. like, I pop it off, and then I go put it on my stand in the kitchen, and then I come back and dock it later. So I'm mean, I, I'm not like yanking it. I, I think that <laughs> you know the way the way I've been doing it is basically like prop it open like it's you know like you're going to use it to type on, and then kind of just put your fingers in that little gap and just pull a little bit, and it pops right off. Like, you yeah. don't have to like right. tug on it too hard. Um, and it's it's one of those like I'm always impressed with apple's like genius approach to engineering i guess
0: because it's super sturdy like you could have this thing upside down and won't fall off but if you want it to come off it exactly will
1: come off. right like it's, it's one of those like you talk about apple design and you sound like the most ridiculous fanboy ever but like this is really good like it's it's the precise number of magnets and when you see those like little magnet papers on it and it's like oh there's like two tiny little magnets right here it's like somebody had to go in and go, we need this much more magnetic force. We need like just one more little magnet right there and one more little magnet right there. And now it's perfect. And somebody spent the time to figure out like if you flip it and shake it and do whatever with it, it's not going anywhere. But when you want it to come off, pop, it's right off.
0: Yeah. And I'm wondering the 2018 iPad, if they had prototypes of this back then, knowing this is what they wanted to create one day.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure if it's again 2018 versus 2020 ipad like what kind of difference are we really talking (laughs) from i i haven't tried the 2020 ipad uh because i don't think there's any reason to get one if you had a 2018 agreed yep um unless you were really looking to like change size or storage storage capacity or get cellular when you only had wi-fi pro tip because the one terabytes
0: were a lot cheaper this time around right
1: pro tip always get cellular
0: Yep. doesn't matter if you're going to use it, always get cellular. Yep. It is very handy to have, especially if your internet goes out. Oh, well, let's just sign up for cellular for this month. Getting
1: to 2020 versus 2018, I don't think it made a difference. But I imagine just based on the fact that this is using this like crazy magnetic design, the 2018 model didn't need that crazy magnetic design. But it had
0: it anyways. But it
1: had it anyway. right? They could have come up with some other solution. They could have kept the, the uh, smart connector on the side, just like every iPad before it just like the Apple Pencil Charger. Yeah. But instead, they chose to do this magnets with the smart detector on the back, and then now, you know, a year and a half, whatever, later, new model, crazy thing that also uses those same magnets. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to see the magnet evolution from the iPad 2 and that feeling like magic of the original smart cover, just seeing Apple play with magnets with the, you know the Apple Pencil too and how that works and they're just having fun with magnets with the iPad and it's very really cool to see their invention with this.
1: And I mean and you can even go back further than that you go back into the old Macbooks and stuff like that used magnets to hold shut like the lid of your Mac, MacBook has right. a magnet that's like precisely tuned amount of magnetism so that you can pop it open with one finger while the base stays on the desk, but it's also enough to keep it shut when it's in your bag.
0: That's right. I remember back in college having a magnet and just playing around with you could turn your laptop to sleep by putting a magnet right at the right spot.
1: I I was almost going to do that with my laptop and then I just remembered that uh, that would uh, botch this recording. So, (laughs) you're welcome.
0: Yeah. I wonder... I'm sure Apple Watch bands don't trigger that ever. I've never had it do it. Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, I have, like, the leather loop one, and I've never had it
0: right. try to do. Yeah, it's my favorite band. The Apple Pencil is something you mentioned in your review is not really playing nice with Magic Keyboard, and I'm wondering what it is for you.
1: Um, I mean, so this is one of those cases where, like, the viewing angle of the iPad, like, could be more. right If you could tip it back, if you could tip the iPad back more into, like, a steeper angle, you know, m- closer to flat, on a desk than yeah. upright i think it would work with the pencil better but like trying to like do anything other than maybe quickly like tap around the ui with the apple pencil just feels out of place
0: right yeah you have to take it off and if you're gonna do drawing but if you're anything outside of ui navigation
1: right and and, and now it's just dawning on me that like easels are a thing that people use totally and that maybe actually that isn't a bad angle and that it's just that maybe i need to change the surface that i'm setting the ipad on and that it would be more comfortable for drawing It's definitely not convenient for, like, writing notes, right? Like, that's a super awkward angle to write notes at, which is why anybody who's ever seen somebody, like, write on a chalkboard or the, like, flip sheets of, like, presentation paper, their handwriting always sucks, right? Because, like, it's a weird angle to write at.
0: Yeah, which you can just place the iPad on top of a closed Magic Keyboard, but again, it's less than ideal, I'd say. Right,
1: and, like, and, and that's my big thing is, like, I don't want to take the iPad out of the keyboard case just to use the iPad right where I'm sitting at the keyboard case right which is why like the smart keyboard was always really good like, that was like yes it was weird that you could feel the keys on the back but i could flip it around backwards not have to take it off not have to leave the carcass of a keyboard somewhere while i walk around somewhere else to like draw pictures or take notes in a meeting yeah but at the same time i don't know i th- i think that the people who really wanted a trackpad are probably either people who were only really using the pencil to navigate the ui which they can now do on the trackpad or people who weren't using the pencil at all
0: right yeah so I I really think it's and when I'm doing serious pencil stuff uh say with fairy doing editing there with the pencil I'll just hold the iPad in my hand and use it that way like but sure yeah
1: and, and like that that's another you know example of where like lumafusion for me when I've done editing I've always used the pencil and using the pencil for editing and lumafusion was like kind of the, the it was the ideal device or ideal tool for it because you know your big meaty finger is not exactly great at precision cuts but a pencil you can be a lot more accurate with but if i can do that with the trackpad like i don't really need the pencil to do that stuff so is the pencil really a necessity
0: yeah it's more just like your mind might enjoy the change of modality of just using a sure. the pencil then trackpad then touch like or i don't know it, or rsi issues you can just swap to absolutely i that day.
1: See, i think it's you know my take on it in the review was very much like how I use my device, which I think is like, that's the most fair way to do it. Right. Right? Like, yeah, when I use the pencil, it's for navigating the UI more than anything else. Probably the second most thing, it'd be like marking up a document and then drawing and like coloring with my daughter and procreate and stuff like that, like are lower down the list. Mm -hmm. But for that kind of stuff, I'm fine taking it off of this, off of the case or out of the case and using it. But for the little like quick interaction with the pencil, I think that it's it's less than ideal, and the trackpad does a better job.
0: Yeah, in your review, you had some other frustrations. Have those grown or lessened over time as you've spent more time with it?
1: the The rigidity of the hinge was was one of the things that I had said, and that's really only opening it. Yeah, like right? everything after it's open is totally fine. Like, in fact, it's like I love adjusting the angle of this the same as I do adjusting the angle of a MacBook. Like. It's it's not hard. It's not inconvenient. But opening it up is kind of a pain, right? Like when it's closed, again, magnets, man. You you got to overcome those magnets.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's comforting that it's comforting in the bag at least that nothing's going to get in there.
1: <laughs> right, for sure. But just the fact that you know, and I, we talked about it before. Like I can set my MacBook down on my desk, and with one finger, I can lift the lid. Right, because that screen is so light. The base stays on the desk, and the screen lifts up. With the iPad, like you can do that, but upside down. Right. So the iPad's on the desk and you lift the keyboard up. Yeah. You can basically do that with with one hand, I th- at least I'm pretty sure. Let's try it right now. Here we go. Yeah. So I can take one finger and I can lift the keyboard. Right. But the iPad's now on the, the desk and the, the keyboard's floating up, And then I got to flip the whole thing around. Yeah. Or I or end up, you know, I set the iPad kind of on the spine, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pull down. And as I'm pulling down, you know, down and back to, to open it up, which isn't, it's not like, I mean, it's the first world. The first world is the first world problems, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it takes me an extra half a second to open <laughs> my twelve hundred dollar iPad computer. Like, okay, <laughs> I should be I shouldn't be complaining, but it is one of those things. That, like, it's just a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, go back to what I said very early on in this. Like, the whole keyboard experience and trackpad experience and everything was something bolted onto what makes an iPad an iPad, right? A, pane of glass that's touchscreen that's super powerful that connects you to all this other stuff so it wasn't purpose-built to have a keyboard and trackpad it was purpose-built to be a tablet
0: right and this is just another mode that you can put it in
1: and then everything else is right so if i have to pay a slight inconvenience charge for having a keyboard and trackpad with my thousand dollar touch device like okay it's kind of like and the weight was another thing you know I, I had mentioned in the video that for me i didn't see as a big deal because if i'm going to use this as a laptop it can weigh as much as a laptop if i'm going to use it as a tablet I don't want to delay it way as much as a laptop. And the fact that your only way to really use this as a tablet is to ditch the heavy laptop part actually makes that even better than the magic or the uh, smart keyboard folio. Right? Because smart keyboard folio you'd flip it around, but you're always carrying this big hunky heavy thing.
0: Right. And you're never gonna enjoy the just naked iPad experience.
1: Exactly. Whereas this it's like, put it down, pick up the iPad, and I can I can now have this super lightweight piece of glass. Like I forget how crazy thin and lightweight this thing is until I pull it off of there because yeah. basically since I've had it, I've had some type of keyboard case attached to it almost all the time.
0: And one of the things I didn't mention is just video calls with this magic keyboard are just so much better because of the fine tuning adjustments. It's just it's so great that you can like make it perfect for that. Well, 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 the camera should be on the top. Though, as we all know, <laughs> ca- but sadly, that's not the case.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's I, I, consistently have that, that dilemma. When I'm going to do a video call, I'm like, "What device do I use for this? Because if I do the laptop, because
0: the Mac cameras like, all suck,
1: <laughs> right? The Mac, the Mac cameras are all garbage. Like even the what five thousand dollar iMac Pro is the same garbage camera as every other you know, cheap computer. And then of course I have my twelve inch MacBook with its four eighty p potato on the front of it. Oh, I forgot that was like, even
0: worse than the standards. It's
1: it's awful, yeah. man. It's it's not it's not even oh gosh, not even half HD. It's garbage. <laughs> no, so like I'm always like going for my iPad and. So for video calls, I almost always grab the 10.5 because it's a little less dramatic yeah. than, the, than the big one. But if I'm doing like a video call for work or something and I don't need to be on camera the whole time, I might use this.
0: It's a shame with the 2020 mile that didn't just like move the cameras up top.
1: And well, you know, the thing I've I had said, I think maybe I didn't in the review of the 2018 was why didn't they put the camera and all the sensors in a corner? In fact, put it in, I guess when it would be in. When it would be in the keyboard dock, it would be the top right corner, right next to the volume and power buttons, because then it's at the top, so it's a little bit more at the appropriate eye level. It would still be okay in portrait, but also okay in landscape. And I'm sure symmetry is the only reason they didn't. Right. That because if you if you put it too far at the bottom, then you run into the issue of like those Lenovo Lenovo uh, laptops where the key, the camera was actually like in the keyboard, and you're yeah. like shooting up your nose. So you want you want to get it higher up. So if they moved it up into that corner, or I guess they could have done the bottom corner also, which when it's in landscape, end up being the top corners, would at least elevate it which makes it look a little less weird even if you're kind of off center
0: yeah and i wonder with the apple pencil thing up there if there's any is there room up there with the apple pencil charger if it was in the top middle i don't know yeah i'm
1: sure some engineer has some good some good reason for it again yeah if they just if they just made an ipad os powered laptop none of this would have to be a problem (laughs) yeah so
0: do you find yourself using that charging port on the magic keyboard often
1: i don't think i've used the charging port in the ipad itself since i got the keyboard i almost exclusively have now i'm using the one in the the tube on the keyboard
0: yeah and it's kind of nice being out of the way it's kind of you kind of free it's plugged in even because it's just like visually behind the ipad right well like a lot of times i'll take mine
1: i have a USB C cord that runs up like snakes along the edge of a chair like a big cozy chair yeah and so i'll just plug the ipad in and kind of shove it into the space between the seat and the cushion on the side and just like kind of dock it there when i'm not using it mm-hmm. and then whenever i need it then it's just right there in the chair or the couch wherever i am and i'll pull it back out and having it in the corner it helps me like tuck it back a little bit more out of the way and i'm not as worried i'm gonna like snap it snap it and break the usbc yeah thing off inside I still don't love the center. I, I again, I understand Apple's obsession with symmetry and whatever, but I don't love the placement of the charging port on the iPads just in general.
0: Just in the middle where it is, yeah, just
1: centered. Like I again, I get it. Back when it was a portrait device that you used only in your hands, but nobody uses an
0: iPad like that anymore.
1: No, that's not true. Somebody does, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like it from the perspective that you can have these kind of big docks that are attached to the iPad, and those can be cool products. I'm not sure if those would work well if it was too high or too low yeah um so after using the magic keyboard more past writing the review anything else kind of crop up in your experience that you didn't weren't able to include in that review um nothing specific that has like really jumped out at me um
1: i now i one thing i didn't talk about in the review at all was the backlighting on the keyboard because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even dawn on me that that was new right uh, but but again like because i bounce so much between a macbook of some capacity and an ipad it just kind of felt in place it felt natural and i i rarely adjust the backlighting on my keyboard on my computers as it is so like i never even thought about the fact that like oh to adjust the backlighting on the trackpad or the keyboard on the magic keyboard you have to like go into settings what is it settings general keyboard hardware keyboard keyboard brightness like yeah it's a lot that's a lot of steps but you know what this is the first time i've been there since i got this thing (laughs) <laughs> just just now as I'm talking to you, so it's it's not even something that like I think about. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want dedicated like volume buttons or, or dedicated uh, screen brightness buttons." Well, you know, there is a dedicated volume button. It's literally the side of the iPad. <laughs> like, there there that's one of the only buttons the iPad has. Like, it has had dedicated volume buttons since day one.
0: They got rid of that lock switch button, sadly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And like, I use I use auto brightness on pretty much all of my devices, so. I rarely mess with the screen brightness, and if I do, like I've never been so inconvenienced that I can't just like pull down Control Center and do it.
0: And you can even swipe
1: with two fingers on the trackpad, which is nice.
0: Really, holy cow! <laughs> you can <laughs> volume learn something well. new. Yeah.
1: wow, that's awesome. I haven't found like new gripes about it. I still love it just as much as I did initially, which is a good sign. Like, I'm not all of a sudden like wanting to return it. Uh, yeah, that's that's something that has happened with with other things in the past. Uh, some of it's just you know I can't. I can't keep every device that comes into my life. But I have a lot of things where I'm like, I got it. I was like super excited about it. Like HomePod. I got one of those. I tried it out and I was like, mm, this is cool. But like, it's just a really nice speaker. And I have like a hundred other speakers in the house. Sure. So I don't need this. And like phones, right? Like, get the new phone. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then after like two weeks, I'm like, all right, this iPhone 11 Pro is basically the same as my 10 was and like yeah the cameras are great and stuff but yeah it doesn't really feel different whereas with this like every time I pull it out I'm like this is my new laptop right and like it still feels like my new laptop and then I like have to get out my 12 inch MacBook today and I'm like oh
0: poor little dude when this was initially revealed did you think it would be the same material as the other smart keyboard? Like, did you think it would be metal? Like, I kind of wasn't sure what it would be made of.
1: I think what I had in my mind, like, prior to actually physically having it, was basically the Magic Key or the Smart Keyboard Folio. Jeez, I can't keep these names straight anymore. The uh, Smart Keyboard Folio, but with a trackpad on it. Yeah. Like, I thought it would just be like a cutout where you had a piece of glass in the middle of, like, this all fabric-y thing. But then as I started thinking about it, I was like, they're putting this Magic Keyboard whatever in all of their things now so maybe it's not gonna be the same but i thought maybe it would still be fabric covered because the ipad is kind of a take it everywhere device right more so than a mac would be i didn't think a
0: ton about the materials i i will say i like whatever this material is yeah it's got a nice tactile feel to it like it's not cold like a metal would be and since it's not a laptop at the bottom it wouldn't heat up to make it less cold <laughs> exactly I, I like that I, I i am
1: still concerned about the the keys i don't think we've seen the magic keyboard in their laptops long enough to know if it's truly a fix
0: we know they're scissor switches though again right Yeah, which but, is good
1: but you know all of all of the concern aside like again i'm using a 2015 macbook with the butterfly keyboards so i'm on like five years of this and i haven't had any keys fail or double key presses or anything weird like that but i use this laptop almost exclusively for like video editing yeah and photo editing like which are very trackpad driven th- at least for me very trackpad driven and like keyboard shortcuts because if i'm going to do any long form writing i'm doing that on an ipad so again like different devices for different tasks has maybe helped my macbook not fail where it could have if i was using it for everything right i certainly hope at you know 300 or 350 bucks the keyboard and the magic keyboard lasts quite a while
0: yeah I will be getting Apple Care monthly or whatever on this iPad that I got about a month ago. And does that cover the keyboard then too? It covers the keyboard and the Apple Pencil, which is nice. seems great. It's like let's cover all the accessories, yeah. So uh, that makes it a little more worth it, I guess. Yeah, if it was just the iPad it'd be less worth it. But yeah, having the keyboard covered too, which is probably the one of the things I would I had the older smart keyboard replaced for the second gen ipad pro a couple times there sure. were some reliability issues not with the keys with that smart connector and that thing would get, get beat up rather easily
1: maybe i'm an anomaly like most of my devices don't seem to have an issue like getting too banged up or falling apart or anything like that yeah like i, I see a lot of people they're like god my smart keyboard like is all like torn apart and the letters are all <laughs> worn off and this is all scratched up and flaking up and peeling up and or i look at people's laptops and like you know the aluminum is all like have a space gray or a gold one and the aluminum is just like down to totally silver in a bunch of spots i'm like what's on your hands like why why does your device look like that so maybe i'm i'm an anomaly i'm just more gentle with my stuff
0: yeah the only thing that gets really banged up for me is my iphone se which i don't have in a case and i just like no. It's fine. It's just gonna get beat up. It's That's fine. That's character, right? That's character. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anything else before we wrap it up? The big
1: thing for me is just like I definitely think you need to know what kind of iPad user you are. Whether you decide whether this is something for you. Right. Like I don't. I don't think everybody needs the key- Magic Keyboard.
0: Like it, as you said, it changes everything all over again. It's a brand new form factor for the iPad. Like the Smart Keyboard right. was one new form factor. This is yet another. Yeah. And I think I think for for a non-trivial
1: number of people. The iPad is still very much a touch device, right? Something they carry in their hands and they interact almost exclusively with their fingers. Like you probably don't need the Magic Keyboard. You probably don't even need the uh, Smart Keyboard Folio. Like you can, or a Smart Keyboard for older ones or whatever. You can probably get by like with just a nice protective case if, it, if it's something you're worried about. I think that a lot of people got really excited about this and they're like, "Oh, it's a new laptop!" But then you also you have the people on the other side that are like, "It's not a Mac. Like, stop it." <laughs> and like i think there's a totally justified case for using whatever device for whatever thing i i do a ton of work on my phone like that's not a mac either but nobody's giving me hell about using my phone to respond to emails or look up stuff or you know what i I even logged into servers from my phone if, if it's what i have with me and i need to fix something like nobody nobody seems to complain about the device when it's a phone so i don't know why people complain about the ipad but i think that the ipad is just as much a computer option for a lot of people and the cool thing about it is that you can kind of build it to be the computer you want it to be yeah for what you need it to be like so if you want something you can sit and hold and watch movies on and surf the web on it can be that if you want something you can type a book on it can be that if you want something you can draw on it can be that if you want something you can record a podcast on like i guess you got to get a mac but otherwise like it can do just about anything you need
0: yeah so um where can people find your fantastic review and your other work? The reviews at CultOfMac com.
1: I'm on the internet at Ian Fuchs on Twitter, and from there you can find pretty much anything else that I do. Not on Facebook, not on Instagram. <laughs> well, I am on Instagram, but my I'm Instagram, not on Instagram is long abandoned at this point. Yeah, that's like my Instagram is like, oh, here's pictures from two years ago. Yeah, here's my so. historical. Instagram.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much, Ian, for your time. It's been great chatting with you and learning more about how you use the iPad and your Magic Keyboard review. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Well, that was my interview with Ian all about the Magic Keyboard. Check out Ian's review over on the Cult of Mac. Thanks again to Ian for his time recording, and thanks to you for your time tuning in. As a reminder, head over to patreon.com slash iPad Pros to support this podcast. With that, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to everyone again next week for another episode of iPad Pros.